Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 27 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, that will I seek after to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me on a high rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Genesis chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him, into the Negev. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. He journeyed on by stages from the Negev as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them living together, for their possessions were so great that they could not live together. And there was strife between the herders of Abram's livestock and herders of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites lived in the land. Continuing on in verses 14 through 18. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Raise your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Rise up, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oak of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Philippians chapter 3, verses 2 through 12. 
Beware of the dogs, beware of the evildoers, beware of those who mutilate the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God and boast in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, even though I too have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to the zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as lost because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now that I have already obtained this, or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, um, which is shortened to Philippians, um, is a wonderful work that has a lot of really great material for anyone trying to think about military service and Christian faith. Um, and I say that because the, the, the town, the colony at Philippi, um, was the first place where Paul preached on the continent of Europe um, as he's moving west. Um, and But more importantly, Philippi is where a large number of veterans were retired following several battles, um, most notably around Mark Antony and the defeat of uh, the, um, the assassins who murdered Caesar. So essentially, the Battle of Philippi, uh, about 40 years before the Common Era uh, or before Christ, um, the, the Battle of Philippi was the last battle that kind of secured the movement from the Roman Republic to the Roman Empire. Um, and uh, the, uh, um, Mark Antony retired a bunch of uh, people there in 40 BCE, um, and then uh, another legion or two were retired there a couple of years later, a lifetime later or something, a generation I mean. Um, and when you read Philippians closely, um, if you know what you're looking for, if you've been formed by the military, um, you'll pick up certain things. Um, and even if you're not formed by the military, you'll notice that it's the only place in the entire New Testament where the imperial guard is mentioned, the Praetorian Guard. Um, and this is important because for folks that have uh, more progressive or pacifist leanings, um, you may your, the instinct may be to read that as some kind of derogatory reference um, that the the early church and the, the New Testament writers uniformly had this disdain for the military, and it's just not true. Um, certainly they had their own internal opinions, but Paul, at least in the letter to the Philippians, is very strategic, um, and you can't pull from Paul uh, an, o an overarching or, or general you know, rejection of military service uh, for Christians, or I suppose you know, Jewish uh, adherents of the faith, but Philippi was largely Gentile. 
Um, and there's little things that you'll pick up if you are in the military. You'll notice certain things like uh, the only place where Paul says, uh, consider others greater than yourselves. Um, uh, he boasts of a friend of his, uh, tries to like talk him up to the church at Philippi by saying, oh, you know, he knows what it means to sacrifice for the Lord. Um, and sacrifice is something that military folks know really well. Like you have to be really ready to sacrifice your very life, not just your ego, not just your possessions, but like everything that you know um, and can feel because it's, you know, your body is what does the feeling. Anyway, um, so Philippians is, is um, I call it the Paul's letter to veterans, and you can find um, my writings on the, the this letter on medium.com. It may also be on my website at iamloganami.com. I don't post a whole lot of blog-type stuff on Pew Pew's um, website, but you can find it if you Google Paul's letter to the vet to veterans. It got picked up by a Mennonite uh, blog uh, around the same time I, I it first went live. Um, but in this section in particular, and I'll focus on it because I don't want to stray too far from the reading, um, what Paul is doing is kind of trotting out his combat medals. And what I mean by that is he's... He's telling other people, look how you can trust me. Look how great I am. Look at my accomplishments and my qualifications. And now as a Jew, he's saying, look, um, if, if you want to talk to someone who knows what it's like to be a Jew, I'm that guy. Um, and the, the, the kind of coded language of being confident in the flesh and the, the discussion of circumcision, I mean, that's one and the same. Like, if... If you think that Jesus is the Christ, and not just the Jewish Messiah, but the Christ of the whole universe, and Paul is kind of opening this up for the Gentiles in a way that other previous uh, writers hadn't. Um, but if you really think that Jesus is kind of the, the end-all, get-all, you can't get around the fact, particularly in the first couple of decades after his death, you cannot get around the fact that he's Jewish. Sometimes we forget that, but... Um, if, if you are somehow fascinated by this early Jesus movement, this is an early Jewish movement um, that is beginning to kind of distinguish itself from what we now know as um, uh, rabbinic Judaism. But anyway, so he says, look how Jewish I am. I'm circumcised on the right day. I'm a, a full member. You know, I'm born into this community, Israel, the, you know, one of these important tribes of Benjamin, um, I'm a Pharisee, I'm trained in the law, I'm zealous, I've even killed people thinking like, you know, I persecuted the church thinking that I had it right because, you know, the Jewish faith, faith did not include this, um, this Jesus as a Messiah. Um, and then he says he's blameless. And that's like somebody saying, hey, you know, I'm tabbed up, right? I got my ranger, I got my sapper, I got my special forces, and then I got my fucking Pathfinder, I got my Airborne, I got my Air Assault. You can trust me. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to go through the things that we go through, to value the things that we value. You can trust me. Here are my medals. Here are my, my badges. And the same letter is where Paul talks about, look, consider others uh, as better than yourself. And in, in the end of this passage, he's talking about, but even though all of these things, even though I'm this big shot, or should be if, if we believe the things we say about Jesus, even though I'm this big shot, I don't, and nobody should take that as somehow 
gaining me something, that in fact everything is considered a loss. I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So I, I won't go much more in depth into that, only to point out that there are tiny little clues that if you've been through the military, particularly the letter to, the, to Philippians, um, you'll, you'll kind of hear it. And this is why I think, um, this is why I'm, I'm trying to, you know, uh, create language around uh, martial hermeneutic. And what that means is being able to read the Bible, to read our traditions and our practices, um, and even our, our culture through the lens of someone who's been through the military. Um, and I think that not only um, creates meaning and purpose for um, Christian soldiers and veterans by being able to identify their own story um, in some, some representative way um, in the story of salvation history, but then also for civilian Christians, that, that hopefully serves as a sign and a symbol that military service is far more complicated and not nearly as, as binary or black and white as we often think. And so hopefully this uh, a martial hermeneutic that I think Philippians and, and elsewhere in, in the Gospels and the Old Testament that I think can really provide some, some positive value to conversations within the church. Prayer for those in the armed forces of our country from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care in keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.